Due to popular demand, you can subscribe to Kiko's Freethinkers Forum on YouTube. You can watch all of our videos there on our YouTube platform. Now you can also subscribe and listen to any of our audio on Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Podvine, Podbean, Amazon, and different platforms. Please tell your friends and family, and I hope you enjoy your day, beautiful people. Good afternoon, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of Kiko's Free Thinkers Forum. We are joined by a very special guest, a repeat guest. He's a good friend of mine, too. His name is Ben Sedegatfar, and he's based in Los Angeles, California. I, as I understand, um, he has a company named Popana, and it's um, a U.S. manufacturer of um, apparel. And we're going to talk about um, his business some to start out the conversation. He earned a degree in business and finance at the University of Indiana at Bloomington, and he was featured in episode three of Kiko's Free Thinkers Forum. He's back to talk to us today about a plethora of issues, uh, U.S.-China, artificial intelligence, the economy. We're going to talk about maybe um, this upcoming political cycle in 2024, just a variety of topics of interest to the people. And I just want to say welcome back to the show, my friend, and thanks for accepting the invitation. Hi, Kiko. I'm excited to be back. Uh, yeah, you called me by my real name, not just teasing. <laughs> yeah, I remember from last time. <laughs> no, I'm excited to be back. You know, it's this is also fun for me because uh, it's hard to get to talk about these things with even like some friends because one, they're not into it or they're not, they don't think about this stuff. And, you know, the conversations are a little bit less meaningful in terms because they're just casual conversations and I'm not really into just doing that. It's sort of a waste of time because we keep having the same conversations all the time over and over. So <laughs> this is better because then, you know, it's relevant to, to our lives, how it's going to affect us. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I think we should all be thinking about because it's not only I don't know if it's as much as going to affect us, but it's definitely going to have an impact in our children's future. And the one thing that we need to think of in total is that what we're, live, what we're leaving for our children. What kind of world, world are we going to leave for our children? And if we can see it's going in a negative direction, we better damn try to our best to to try to change that to put it in a, in a towards a positive direction and not leave them and you know the last thing you want is like your kids will come up to you when you're old and say why the hell you didn't do why didn't you do anything right mm -hmm. you could have done something but we didn't because we were just too either self-absorbed or we didn't pay attention or we were fearful and we just didn't and we just didn't think about what comes after us because all we cared about was just us and mm -hmm. and and right now what i need now and not about how is this going to affect the future and the world that we're going to leave for our children that's that's where i'm in life right now you know so uh that's why i, I listen to a lot of these different things and perspectives and ideas and the things that are happening around us. I pay a lot more attention to it now. And 
you know, I'm trying to do my best. So when that day comes, I'm going to say, you know, I tried. And not <laughs> that, you know. See, you already got my head spinning because um, I'm curious about the comment you made starting out um, the introduction when you said that, um, how do you determine what's meaningful or not? When you say that these conversations aren't meaningful to the people that you know, like what makes it not meaningful when you say that you just keep bringing the same thing up again? Do you not think that those people get it? Do you feel like there's They're no... Just, it's, um, not, it's, not, it's not part of their consciousness. It's just not part of their everyday reality because we're and I, you and i can't blame them that's the thing you can't blame because you know a lot of the i mean myself included i'm busy i got three kids i'm kind you know right now you know the economy is nobody knows what's happening so our sales sales are down things are more expensive things are changing you got bills to pay i've been you know stressed out about how we're gonna handle you know manage all the changes right so you don't have time because you're just so busy you know, under like a pressure cooker trying to make now work mm -hmm. all right so whether it's paying bills spending time with kids uh work there's so many there's so many things happening around us and then you have the news that just feeding you a bunch of nonsense at the same time that gives you even more anxiety and like just all the different things mm -hmm. that that you're just bombarded with and it's constantly changing right the news cycle is just da, 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 and like you like as soon as you try to get a hang of one thing then it, it's it's it changes and then it's like a new thing just a hamster wheel right it's just it just keeps going non-stop so you can't catch your breath to try to even think because you're just you know so you either you either at some point just say forget about the news you just kind of tune that out you know and you just kind of let it go because it's too much and mm -hmm. you just don't pay attention you just kind of do your own thing and you just move forward or it can drive you crazy from mm -hmm. trying to keep so many things in your head and like just being bombarded all the time so yeah going back I don't blame anybody for mm -hmm. not doing that it's just because it's not part of their uh, reality, but I try to bring it up and I would talk about it. And sometimes it's also difficult because when someone doesn't know something about something, they don't want to, it's hard for people to say, I don't know, you know, let's talk about it so I can, you know, maybe find out or they'll just change the subject because they don't want to feel bad that they don't know something. I see what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's just human nature. So I, I've you, learned the one thing I've learned. Sorry, I've 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 learned to let go of blame because once you understand, you know, like I said, people are busy. Everybody's just trying to deal. Then you can't say, "Hey, man, you're you're just dumb or you're stupid or you, you just don't know." It's not true. Everybody has a purpose and everybody's doing the best they can. So. I don't lay blame for anyone. I just try to bring the conversation. And if they're interested, we'll talk about it. And the next time I see them, I'm like, oh man, you know, you said this. I looked it up and we'll have a conversation. And things over time become more meaningful, I guess. So that's that's what I've been uh, mainly my approach to life recently. Not really, but just for a while now. 
Yes, and um, it's funny. I think about something. This is maybe not um, warranted of a response for you. I was just simply, I was thinking about before we even got on our first call back in the summer, we talked about 10 minutes about stuff off camera. And it's crazy because that's kind of how we got to this place in the first place. Just um, We basically had two people that are really just concerned about the future and the immediate like present. But I think most people have these same concerns, these immediate concerns, but they don't have the, the tools or they don't feel like they have the tools to verbalize it to other people because they're afraid that it may not correspond with what their view is. And we had that conversation. And I think due to those insecurities, uh, I think it was good for both of us to have that initial conversation. <clears throat> even yeah. um on camera but even before we got on camera when we had those phone conversations leading up to the interview and um i think it's important for the audience to um really benny kind of pushes this point that uh, we're probably going to need each other more um in the new in the new future yes. ever because absolutely uh, we can't just keep continuing this same cycle of um just like rinse, repeat, and just do it all over. We can't keep doing this. Like yeah. that's some kind of a principled um, dialogue. Even if we have these ideological differences, there has to be something that keeps us binded. Yeah, I mean, all these ide ideological things we got to let it go because it's at the end of the day, we're still all human. We feel the same feelings. We have the, you know, we can we feel sad the same way. We feel happy the same way. We laugh the same way. So we're all the same. It's just our differences are, are taught to us. And it's not us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like the, 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 it's like Republicans and Democrats. Right now, <laughs> nobody can talk. But <laughs> I don't, don't want to get into the whole uh, Republican versus Democrats, far right versus oh, yeah, yeah. far left. Yeah, I wasn't because... even referring to that. I was right. No, no, I know. It's really just any topic. Really, you can take right. any topic and we found a way to just polarize it. Just anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, regardless of how intellectually stimulating yeah. it is, it's just and, it's, and it's, like, it's a really reflection yeah, of society. And like you said, even the people who, and I've noticed because when I meet random people, with friends, I already know them because we've known each other for a long time. But with random people, everyone's hesitant about how they feel and what they think about certain things because they don't know how you're going to respond, right? So like, in our first uh, podcast that we had, I started talking about Kabbalah and all these other things. If, if you don't have like a certain background, if you don't know, this stuff sounds crazy, right? It just sounds you know, like you're nuts, right? You know, like, you, what are you talking about? You have to know if you've done this, the research or the thing long enough or the experiences, if those experiences are real, then you have something. Just because other people don't connect with it, don't understand it, doesn't mean it's relevant. And it's a lonely place, to be honest, to be, to, to be in those situations. Because you have all these things that are just like, you know, blowing your mind and everybody's like... Dude, go go take a Prozac or something, you know. <laughs> you're you because it doesn't make sense to them, but that's okay. Um, so I ahead. had a question for you, um, because we're going to talk a little bit about your business, Papana. 
yeah. and uh, what that what that's about. But I'm curious, just from you, your standpoint, being a business owner, I feel like I don't hear a lot of perspectives from business owners themselves. I want to get your perspective on um, what are the difficulties of managing like a bunch of people, um, and how many people do you manage, and does being in the state of California, how does that um, progress or impede? Um, your business, um, I guess, endeavors as far as like what you're trying to do with your company. Um, are, are there laws that kind of prohibit you from doing what you could do to make it an even better business? Uh, yeah, California is, uh, I think the most difficult thing as a business owner dealing with people that you manage, they think it's all, you know, you're making all the money and, you know, you're being stingy and that you're, doing these things and try to give people less but in reality they don't see all the just the day-to-day -day things that you have to deal with and you manage personally financially because at the end of the day those people are at least as a business owner uh, especially in a situation where right now that they're you know they know their paycheck is coming at the end of the week or a month or whatever it is but they don't realize that what it takes for me, it, it doesn't matter whether I'm losing money or making money at the end of the day that, you know, that, that I still have to pay. They're, they're getting paid. I may not get paid and I have to manage all of that. You know, I know it's my business. I chose to do it. I think that's the biggest misunderstanding is that especially when things get tougher uh, people are under stress. Um, so that's, that's the main thing because mm -hmm. my first thing is to make sure that these guys have enough work and they're, that, that they're getting paid, you know, um, I know there are people who don't care about their employees or they just, there are, there are people like that, but there's also a lot of people who, who really care because if, if it was, if it's, if it wasn't for these employees or if it's not, if they're not here, then my business is not here either, right? So mm -hmm. there's a there's a there's a balance to that. So they have to be happy in order for you to be able to to grow and expand. And uh, I think a lot of that tension comes when when there's a downturn. A lot of people think that you're doing this. You know, if you're not getting a bonus, it's because the the CEO is trying to take more for himself, mm. you know, and not give any to you. But they're just trying to save the business because if if they don't take those necessary necessary steps, then they have to let go of everybody and close the business, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest uh, misunderstanding. They don't stay, yeah, they don't see that. They don't see the other side. It's always the grass is greener on the side. They see me sitting in my office, you know, all day I'm sitting behind a computer, you know, I'm on the phone, but, you know, I'm managing 10 different things things making sure we have enough cash for next week to to pay everyone how i'm gonna pay my vendor for the fabric we just got you know so there's a there's a lot of that i think you said um off camera that you're one of the very few companies that manufactures everything in the united states um you say you have Popanas an apparel company like, can you expand on that to the audience and kind of tell us more details about Pabana? 
All right. So there, there is still many, there's a lot, I mean, not a lot compared to like China or outside of the U.S. There's still a decent amount of apparel manufacturing is happening in the U.S., but that's been like declining very rapidly. In California, they're just, it's just more, it's, it's become a lot more difficult because of some of the rules and regulations they put in place that shipped a lot of those jobs to um, Mexico, not even China, going to Mexico mm-hmm. because of this is, or to Texas, you know, right over the border. They, you know, put in a truck, go over the border, do all the work, bring it back and send it. Uh, a lot of these, and it has to do with like labor laws you know, that they've done and how they made it easy for, you know, it, this can't go both ways. I guess it just depends on who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, if if you get a complaint because, I don't know, you can go make up any excuse. My boss yelled at me, right? Then the labor commission comes and if they find your label at the factory or the label of the company you're working with, then they can come after you and they can find you. So a lot of these chain stores like Ross or DDs or JCPenney or TJ Maxx, they don't buy made in USA products anymore because of that. They only buy made in China or made in Mexico because they don't want to, they don't want to deal with that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, so that's one thing, but the, the, what we were talking about before we started the meeting was that on Amazon selling on Amazon, there's a lot of co- websites that people say, you know, they're selling that their stuff is made in USA and, and it is, however, for the price points that we're talking about on Amazon, we're competing with the Chinese at those prices. So there is there is let's say a company called Reformation, on you can look them up. There's there's a few of these guys, but the pants that you know on sells on Amazon, a Chinese company sells for thirty five dollars or forty dollars. These guys are selling it for hundred and twenty five dollars on their website, right? So my point was specifically to Amazon. And we can we can go on Amazon and we can like I'll show you. But mm-hmm. so what I do, what we sell direct in uh, so what my company does, we manufacture women's basic apparel, uh, and we sell them directly to the end user through Amazon. So we don't wholesale. I don't sell to retail stores. Uh, we sell on our own website, which is papana.com, and we sell on Amazon. And on Amazon, we are one of the handful of apparel companies that are making their products in the United States. But the vast majority of that is dominated by Chinese companies selling Chinese goods, not even American companies importing Chinese goods and selling it, but it's Chinese companies selling Chinese products. You want to see it? Oh, let me sure, see it. absolutely. Let's do, uh, let's do a screen share. I think my audience would love that. So is is um everything made in that warehouse that you're in right there? Yeah, we cut and sew everything. I vertically integrated um, the whole process. And that's how we're able to get a lot of that savings. 
And since everything is happening in one place, we've mm -hmm. basically trimmed all the middleman and trimmed all the fat from the process. Mm -hmm. So we're able to, we're very lean, so we can produce stuff, you know, in a matter of days versus months or uh, importing from China or week, like three or four weeks going to Mexico. We can do something in, you know, a couple of days. So we're in that in those terms we're we're a lot more dynamic and we can turn around faster. We can deal with smaller quantities and uh, just managing cash flow better. And you said that your uh, Popana is mainly women's clothes. It's it's women's clothing. Okay, I'll show you. We're gonna go through. There we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Kiko. I'm so bad at technology. <laughs> So can you see it? Mm-hmm. The Hound, the Popana, Zessica. Okay, yeah. Okay. So this is our product right here. This is my product for $35. So this is, let's say, here, summer maxi dress casual, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go through here, if you look, this company right here is a Chinese company. This is a Chinese company. These are all Chinese companies. Same guy, Chinese, Chinese. This is probably a high-end clothing, but $269. How do you know it's Chinese just by, because you have the inside info? No, it's just that I can tell by the name, the, the names, like what's I-Z-Z-Z-H? Mm, I see what you're right? saying. Like, you can go and you can check. You just go there. Is that not an individual though? You say that that's a company. This is a brand. This is a brand. Oh, wow. Says, I see you're saying your brand. Yeah. And sold by IZZH. So you can go there and mm -hmm. right here and you go down and this is the company selling. Oh, I see. <laughs> like Shenzhen, Shi, yep. whatever that is. Mm -hmm. right, the address is even in Chinese. Yep. Uh, this is probably an American company, but this garment is made in China. Chinese, Chinese, these are all Chinese, all mm -hmm. Chinese, all Chinese, all Chinese, these are all Chinese, all Chinese wow. companies, these are all, this is Amazon, this is made in uh, probably Vietnam or Thai, Thailand or something, Chinese, Chinese, why why is there such a heavy Chinese presence? Is it because the materials, the cost of them? Like what is that? Uh, cost because it's cheap. But and some of these stuff are even like the, the the garments are also very cheap. That's what people don't realize. The way they're made, the fabric, everything. Here, like let's talk about a skirt, maxi skirt. Maxi skirt. This would be a good example. And these are, okay, this is our product and this is sponsored. This is, this is we're doing marketing. Uh, this is a friend of mine selling the same product in a three pack. I think his stuff is now made in either Mexico or China. He used to produce here. Uh, but from now here, these are all Chinese companies. Shine, this is a big Chinese company. These are all Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. This is a American companies selling uh, Chinese products or uh, maybe Mexican. Mm -hmm. uh, and the owners are Korean. This is a Korean guy in America. Uh, mm -hmm. This is 
Chinese. This is, uh, I think this one is made in USA. Um, this is this company is based out of New York. These are all Chinese. Uh, this is a Korean company, but Chinese. Uh, you can't tell. The prices look pretty comparable, wouldn't you say? For yeah, because the, so if you looked at this two years ago, this dress right here from this company was nineteen ninety nine. Hmm. But since COVID and all the shipping and changes that, that have been made and inflation, they've had to raise their prices. Mm -hmm. So now we're more competitive. And um, uh, that's, that's what like sort of kept us in business the way we've done it compared to other people. There used to be more American companies, but they're, you know, they just went out. They just couldn't, they couldn't make any money. They couldn't compete. But anyways, I mean, these are all, it's all Chinese. Even this one, American Trend is a Chinese company. Wow. They're just using the name. So um, I, I guess I have a question thinking about this. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to link to Popana.com in the episode description. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. I, um... I was thinking about this. What's this conception of um, China being, you know, China's labeled this and that in media and from analysts, um, especially in the Western world. Um, wh where do you see China going within the next 10 to 20 years as far as um, um, economic models and just um, world hegemony in, in general? Um, when you talk about this type of, um, I guess, encroachment, I guess, or... Invo involvement in a lot of the markets that we normally would have been, I guess, cornering. Um, where do you see China as far as like the new hegemon in the world? Um, are they already I think, there? Ch I think China is, is going to be the next superpower. And mm -hmm. that's all the things that we're seeing right now is, is because of that. And that's partially our own fault. You know, we went to China for all the cheap stuff while they were building their infrastructure and we didn't build ours, you know. So we have a crumbling industry like or factories because these are all old and we didn't invest in it while China is using all the latest technology, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the, the problem for the U.S., you know, usually you would say, okay, well, if this happens, the manufacturing is going to come back to the United States. And that's true partially, but... We don't have the people, the skill set, or the tech, the the thing right now to mm -hmm. uh, uh, to be able to do that, right? Well, if we have to set up new factories, new equipment, training, it takes ten years mm -hmm. to really build that to get for it to get to somewhere, right? So the question is not whether. Uh, this thing is already happening and we're going to have to bring this manufacturing back is that what do you do in the meantime, in the 10 okay. years between the change, exactly. right? That That's where the, the, the problem is. And this is the same thing with AI and a lot of other things is how do you manage the, the transformation, mm -hmm. right? And for us, for America and, and what's happening between the United States and China, 
we have a few, few different problems, in my opinion. And one is that you have the dollar who's going to lose its reserve status as a, as a reserve currency, which will make the U.S. dollar kind of worthless. And that's going to lead to, you know, high inflation by the time. So you have, you're going to have high inflation and then you're going to say, okay, we're going to bring this manufacturing back. But what are you going to do? You can't just bring it back and start tomorrow. You It takes time. So in the meantime, you're going to be dealing with a lot of, of misery and inflation and your, your economy collapsing, right? Um, that's a short uh, description of that. I mean, that's a short truncated version of, you know, something that you could have a whole podcast in, but, uh, and this could, this could lead to war, mm -hmm. you know, and the U S is in a very bad spot because not only we have the threat of de-dollarization, but we have our own economy that's like in, it's going crazy right? Because of all the policies that they've had, zero interest rates, you know, just printing money. I think we're going to have a, at least the worst financial disaster in our generation that's going to last at least a decade. So this is going to make 0809 look like nothing. Nothing as as bad as people think that things are going to get much worse. And I'm an optimistic person. You know, I'm 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 not a doom and gloom. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities in those situations. Just whether you you have the ability to take advantage of it. You know, just look at all the negative. There's also a lot of there's a lot of opportunities. There's it's just how you how you view the world, all right? So if you're going to stay on and be negative then yeah, if everything is going to turn out bad, but there is, it's going to be hard. Don't, 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 even if you're going to be successful with those opportunities, things are still going to be very hard, mm -hmm. but you come out better on the other end. So it's a, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult times. And I think mainly it's going to be through inflation, unemployment, and at the same time, automation. Mm -hmm. So when, as things are getting bad right now, and inflation is going to go higher, wages are going to have to go up, uh, and the companies, in order to survive, and I think especially fast food, that you're going to see that in the next few years, is going to be completely transformed to just all the robotics and automation. You think that that's going to happen within this 10 year frame? It's already, it's already happening. You go look at, look up uh, White Castle. White Castle doesn't have any more fryers. The fryer is a, is a robotic arm that, that cooks all your chicken nuggets and your fries. It's not some guy standing there. Oh, wow. Your fries. Now it's all, it's a robot mm -hmm. that's doing that. White Castle would say they're doing this for liability because they don't want people to get burned by hot oil. But mm -hmm. in reality, it's it's a test, right? This thing can can do this all day and night, twenty four seven, 
-hmm. not going to complain. He's not going to ask for a raise. You don't have to pay him health insurance. You don't have to uh, do any of that. And as wages go up, this robot is going to be doing the same thing. It's just going to be doing what it does. So, so who's getting the money from that artificial intelligence? Just the person who produced it? They're, they're robotic companies. Okay. The but tech the tech the robotic com companies, yeah, there's a, there's a company called Miso Robotics. Mm -hmm. that they're doing these, uh, you know, they're geared towards restaurants. But here's the problem. When you have a, a recession and people lose their jobs, they usually go try to get jobs at a grocery store or a fast food restaurant or drive an Uber or any one of some of these jobs to just get by until they find a job. Now, what if those jobs are no longer available? Because mm -hmm. those guys are also dealing with their own set of problems and inflation, and they're going to be investing heavily in automation. Yeah, but I'm curious. I'm, I'm still pretty skeptical of automation, only... I'm skeptical of the scale of automation. I know it's happening now, and I know that's the trend. Like we're already seeing it. Uh, I was I was actually watching. I don't know if you got this news, but um, they did an AI collaboration with the rapper Drake and the Weekend, the singer, and it they cut a track using artificial intelligence. It's crazy, and right. the, you should have seen the reactions on there. People are like, "This is really scary." Right. That, I mean, this is like artistry and honestly and some of the people are saying it really doesn't sound half bad considering how um the music industry has changed as it is and so this right. artificial intelligence is almost um it almost complements it pretty well considering that there's a perception that the artistic angle of some of the people isn't really the way it used to be when it came to producing music anyway because music is so fueled by electronic usage and so AI is almost a, a facilitator to that process of the dubbing of the voices and everything else. I mean, it's really no different than what they're doing now. They're just using AI doing it. Right. So we get, you got to differentiate between AI and robots. Robots okay. are the ones that are going to be, huh? What do you AI think? is a is a is a is a program that can think, right? So, and there is different. AI. There is AI, for example, the like the White Castle robotic arm, right? That uses AI, or they call that, but that's a dumb AI. The dumb AI is just, it's it's learned to take a photograph of of what it's picking up and differentiate between nuggets and fries, mm -hmm. right? That's all it does. It still uses some kind of artificial intelligence to differentiate between nuggets and fries. The music part is, is something that, that AI, what they call the artificial general intelligence, is something like chat GPT is a little bit different. Okay. Right? We're, I'm talking about specifically in terms of jobs. Chat GPT or these the AI you're talking about, a lot of creative, jo creative jobs like in advertising, uh, marketing, and things mm -hmm. like that, those can get replaced by AI. Journalism. We can get just people just need to publish constant articles. A lot of that could be replaced by AI. You couldn't tell the difference. Uh, <laughs> uh, so
So that, that's a whole different conversation about where that can take you if you have control over the mind of the, the AI. You know, how you can, that, that's a matter of how you can influence people. But where do Which, you see the deepness of AI going? I guess is what that's what I'm struggling with. Let's let's, let's take. I think we we can we can we can talk about. But we're talking about the economy in China and how things are changing, mm-hmm. right? We're in a in a place where there is. A, we're at a point where it's it's not just another recession. We're going into a recession with a de-dollarization where the U.S. is going to lose its status as a superpower and lose its reserve currency. And you have automation and intelligence coming in at the same time that could replace a lot of the jobs that people are getting laid off, that, that because of inflation, it'll be more attractive for companies to invest in automation and robotics Right, mm-hmm. and and uh, so it's it, and a, a lot of physical jobs are going to get uh, replaced or or done away with. Mm. So the question is, how, what do all these people do that have lost their jobs? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why they've been talking about the UBI, the Universal Basic Income, because how how are you going to how are these people going to get to get housed and get fed and and how how are you going to deal with this massive shift in the way we we produce things and do things and work gets done right mhm why would McDonald right now McDonald they've been working on this for a long time is the, the whole thing is it can be automated mhm right you go and you right now you walk in you touch the screen you say you want a burger there's right. a robot there doing that, and the the I think their drinks are already automatic. You go, you can see the drink comes down, plops in, water pours in, and comes to you. And the person at the window picks it up and gives it to you. And they're gonna replace that person with just just all gonna come over there and come out to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of having five people working at a McDonald's, you can have just one person there just to because they need someone in case something goes, something happens, but everything else is managed from a central location and with robots. Mm-hmm. Right. So another example that this was happened, this happened years ago at McDonald's, or you go to one of these, some of these, uh, the drive through, right. It used to be a guy at the window taking your order and then you pull up and you pay them and then you go get your food. That guy has been replaced with someone at a at a call center. Mm-hmm. So when you pull up to the when you pull up to the drive through, the person taking your order. I'm in California. The person in your taking somebody in a call center in Minnesota taking your order, and that makes sense because why would they need somebody hire someone to stand there taking your order? Right. And when there is there is no work, that guy's still standing there getting paid while they could just have one person constantly taking orders from 20 different McDonald's. All right. 24 seven. Right. Think about the savings. Now, instead of having 10 people at each location, you have maybe three people 
handling all the locations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Taking your order, it's just a, they're taking an order, it pops up in the computer on the, on the, at the store, they make their stuff. So now imagine connecting that to a robot and getting all that work done, right? So there are, there are these huge changes that are coming and that, it's not in like two years or three years. We're talking in the next 10 years. That's why I said this is about how we think about this for our children. Mm -hmm. What can one, you know, you have young kids. What, what are their job prospects or what the world is going to look like when they're, when they're older, getting out of university, looking for a job, you know, mm -hmm. how, what is that going to look like? And in the, and, and not only that, I think the, the biggest problem, and I think we, we talked about this on the phone one time is if you have all this automation where a lot of these jobs get automated and there is just not enough jobs, right? And you do a universal basic income, which I think at that point you're going to have to. Mm. The question is, there, there, there are two things. I think this, and I'm not, it's not all doom and gloom with having robots and AI. It's what we choose to do with it. It's how we use them. We could either use AI and automation and robots to help humanity, to free us from, you know, me sitting behind the fucking desk for eight hours a day, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to make money or people going to work, having multiple jobs to feed their family, to being able to have abundance of things right? Mm -hmm. Where we use it to help humanity to, you, to not have to work as much and you can do the things that you like, spend more time with your family, learn the things that you want, have less stress in your life, improve the quality of, our, of humanity, right? Where things are not just about me and how much money I make, but rather how I can contribute to society. We need, if it, it, it comes to our, the way we we are our consciousness in a way the way we think of ourselves as humans and in a relationship to each other right versus how am i going to make more money with ai right but that's one thing but when you replace all these work and let's say even if you give them money to be able to consume these things and you have a bunch of people on top who are making all the money right the biggest we're going to, I think that the biggest threat to humanity in the future, if we don't do this right, is going to be boredom and lack of, and, and a lack of uh, meaning. Yes. Um, right? Gavin Bonnie was on the pod. He's running as an independent candidate for president of the United States. And we talked a little bit about artificial intelligence and, the UBI kind of like the intersection of the two. And he said also just a laziness is, is would be his biggest concern. The board. Yeah, what are we, well, it's not lazy. There are no jobs, right? So the question is what, how do you, how do you transition? So you have to find, you know, it could be a hobby, whether it's, you know, I say the most important thing to develop in our children is going to be their consciousness and for them to be able to be, self-sufficient right right now you could you could bake a bread cook gardening arts uh 
learn different things, learn programming, build, do things, being able to do stuff around the house instead of, you know, being more handy. Mm-hmm. Because these are the things that you that you know that you can do, that you do it on your own time. You do it not in you know stress because you don't you don't have to do it as a job because you have to make money. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's that kind of thing that I don't think we're we're addressing. And for our children, that's going to be the main thing. What are you going to do with your life so that you have a purpose? And so that you have a meaning when you you have an abundance of things, right? But again, that's if we choose as humanity to use artificial intelligence and robots to benefit humanity instead of um, enslaving humanity. Man, we are hitting a nerve somewhere. No, I'm telling you. Is it is this AI at use right now? <laughs> I don't know if it's AI or That's I don't know. Crazy. No, it's just weird because I've only had this in a couple of interviews. I mean, I've interviewed people in Australia, India, right. uh, Bangladesh. I, I haven't had these issues whatsoever. Um so I, I don't know. It, it's fine though, because the beauty of it, that's what editing is. Right. But um no, this sounds like a great reset, but almost in a good way what you're describing if if we choose mm-hmm. that's it's it's up to us right your government's going to tell you a lot of things they're going to make you think a certain way and you know they're already talking about cbdc and you know if that's implemented and the the problem is everybody's like oh they're going to have cbdc but we're not we're not doing anything about it we're just saying oh they're going to do, do this we know they're going to do it right the question is, how do you stand up to it? Mm-hmm. We've just we've just been taught, well, I'm only one person, but if people are aware, it ultimately comes that comes down to us. It's only up to us. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Like it's all these technologies, even social media, right? Social media is is right now we're using it to our detriment. Yeah, we are but about making money and what we're pushing and what we're exposing our ch- our children to and how we're forming their minds. But that same social media, if you curate it right, right, you can learn a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that you can share. There's a lot, a lot of things that you can do. But it's it depends on how you choose to do it and how we having being of a higher it's about i don't know people say that the, oh we got to raise our consciousness it, and it's true it is you have to be you think we have to we have to transform the way we think of ourselves and human beings and our connection to each other right once we do that where you're there to serve humanity to make things better because you want to leave a world a better place for your children and your grandchildren and your great 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 grandchildren if we think of those terms all of these division between okay well the transgender this it's all gonna go away these are all a fucking excuse to to just keep your mind distracted and and divided so 
I don't know. These are like kind of more philosophical, but I think it's become, it's becoming more, you can see it, like, especially with AI and robots. Again, you could either use it to benefit humanity and people can, and, but sometimes, you know, governments or people, certain people can pitch it to you in a way that it's benefiting. It's for your benefit, but on the other end is really just the total opposite. So we have to be able to differentiate between is it really to our benefit or to our detriment? But we can use, we have the potential to do all of these with the view that it's going to be, we have to use it for good and not has, have it as a, as a pitch, as a marketing strategy to get you hooked onto something where, you know, on the other end you see it's it's something totally different i had so, i had something i wanted to um touch with you on something you said before about the de-dollarization because i don't know if you listen to episode 36 with sl canton he's a geopolitical analyst from india and we talked um at length about de-dollarization and the question of the reserve currency status of the united states and um he seemed to suggest that um Right now, like the yuan, for instance, isn't in a position to be the reserve currency. The dollar is still the reserve currency of the world. But he differentiates between the reserve currency and the trade currency because there's obviously a, an initiative right now for countries to trade in their local currencies. And so you already see that there's a, a lack of um, need to use U.S. dollars in those kind of situations because in that case, you can basically just trade within your local currencies, whatever, um, you know, commodities, whatever you want to do. But um, he seemed to suggest that as long as the dollar is tied to the central banks around the world and the IMF and all these bodies, that that's going to be a long process before the dollar loses that. Because we're still talking about when we talk about currencies, we can't get the dollar out of our nomenclature we still talk about the dollar we compare everything to the dollar still so is that really a realistic view that the dollar is going to lose its reserve currency status or are we talking about two different things trading versus I, well i mean i think i think you have to first consider what the dollar is backed by right and we yeah what, yeah, what is the dollar backed by currently it's, it's just bonds. I mean, it's nothing. It's paper. No, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, yes, but really, what is the dollar back? What's behind the dollar? What made the dollar the reserve currency? What was it before and what is it now? It was the gold standard. Right, but it's not the gold standard anymore. I know. It hasn't been for 50-some years. Right, so what is it? It has to be the psychology of the dollar. It must be people believe the dollar. I think right now is the psychology is that we're all been fooled into thinking that the dollar is the dollar, right? But the, after the gold standard, the reason why the dollar became a dollar was because of what we call the petrodollar. Mm -hmm. The United States went to Saudi Arabia and said, we're going to help you grow your economy. We're going to help you grow your, you know, build your old fields. Uh, we're going to support you militarily, but under one condition that whenever, whatever, anytime you, you trade oil, it has to be in dollars and no other currency. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been holding the dollar up ever since. 
So that's but, beginning to fall apart. But Saudi Arabia has already hinted that they're going to start trading oil in, in the yuan or in the rubles and, and in other currencies. The BRICS alliance stuff. Going the BRICS on. alliance. And mm -hmm. once that happens, the only thing that's holding up the dollar is, is just the story that they can push and shove down your throat as long as they can. That's really just uh, the dollar is going to continue until the story falls apart. Oh, okay, okay. On that note, how um, so? Where does the IMF and all these central banks play into keeping this dollar hegemony alive? Like, what does that come into? They're gonna. Well, this ties into inflation. Mm -hmm. The only so, I mean, there's there's a lot of different factors. I'm not saying the dollar is going to be uh the lose its status like tomorrow or in the right. next year still you you got like another it's it's gonna take four or five years right but That's you're already seeing that they're 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 still they're talking about it but it, it's gonna it's like a graph it's gonna go like this and then right it's gonna get compounded these there are all these african countries are talking about get rid of your dollar the <laughs> who the they're you know china and saudi arabia they're holding a lot of these treasuries right what happens and they've already stopped buying treasuries what happens if they decide to sell those treasuries and there's nobody there to buy them they're going to be interest, stuck too right in, in, no interest rates are going to go through the roof that's true right? that's true mm -hmm. and but but the government can't allow those interest rates to rise because then we'll go bankrupt because we won't be, right now it's hard for us to even service the debt on service the interest on the debt that we have mm. right so if they raise interest rates there we can't we don't have enough money to pay to even pay the interest on the debt that we have mm -hmm. so the only thing the government can do and will do at that point is to print more money to devalue the dollar so that you inflate away the, the debt, right? So if, if $100 today buys you a, a tank of gas, if the, the currency is devalued so that uh, a carton of eggs costs 100 bucks instead mm -hmm. of $5, right? Then the debt that you hold, so let, let's put it in, in terms of this. You have a you have let's say you have a mortgage on your house that that's or even a rent doesn't matter. Let's say you're you're living in your house and you have a ten year lease on your house at fifteen hundred dollars a month. So for the ten next ten years, you're only paying fifteen hundred dollars a month. We're gonna make this simple, right? Fifteen hundred dollars a month. It's set. You got a contract and it's done. If every year inflation goes up by 10%. Then by the time you get to year five, right? That's 150 times five. That's 750. $750, right? Mm. So in year five, you're still paying $1,500, right? But the value of that $1,500 is $750 in today's money. Because the value of that money has gone down by almost 50%. So mm -hmm. in a sense, your landlord 
is getting 50% less than he used to get when he signed the lease, right? Mm-hmm. But you're you're benefiting because you locked in at that rate, yeah, right. okay? Mm-hmm. So in order for the government to pay that debt or to make it work, they have to devalue the dollar, to inflate it, mm-hmm. right? So that the the debt just becomes worthless. If mm-hmm. if a if a car is gonna cost a million dollars in five years and you bought a house for a million dollars today, you can that your payments on that debt is, is that that loan is gonna be worthless to the bank. Mm-hmm. You exactly. What I'm saying? Right. So that's what's gonna happen. So when you're printing all this money, then you have hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. The more you do that, then the dollar is going to lose value. So then why would Chinese or anybody else want to trade in the dollar? Because it's a worthless currency. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It, we, have, we have two problems. If we raise interest rates, we'll go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we drop interest rates and inflate our, our currency or print more money to devalue, then nobody wants to trade in dollars because it's a worthless paper. We're stuck in a in a we're we're it's a lose lose situation. Okay. And so, in those sorry, and in those situations, governments have always uh, have gone with printing money and devaluing their their the currency, inflating away their debt. Mm-hmm. And again, when you have a lot of inflation on the other end. The wages have to go up. Everything gets more expensive. And in order for... Back in the day, you didn't have the option of robots. You tried to cut costs. Now you just invested in robots. And that robot is going to work for you for the next 10 years. And you're setting your wages, you know, for the next 10 years. No health insurance. You don't have to deal with any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you bring... uh, you're sort of fixing your cost in today's money and, and you know, hoping that you're going to benefit on the other end because that cost is sort of fit. You see what I'm saying? Like we have, there's, there's so many different things happening at once mm-hmm. that we've never been, that we've never been in this situation before ever. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just another recession. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, not. It's, it's a turning point. Not only for America, but it's going to have consequences for the human civilization. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like the more f- philosophical part of it. But you talking about from a Western standpoint, because I think other areas around the world, um, Latin America uh, is familiar with this um, hyperinflation. Africa's familiar with it. Uh, do you mean as far as a Western mindset, this is going to be something new for Westerners? That too, yeah, yeah, but it's already happened other places. For us, is going to be the biggest thing. But all these things is going to have a ripple effect throughout the world, mm-hmm. right? Because like AI and technology and things like that, they're become more prevalent, mm-hmm. right? So the same same person in uh, Saudi Arabia or Iran or Bangladesh or Brazil or on they have access to Instagram, they have access to a cell phone, right? 
So all this automation and robotic, it's going to eventually ripple out mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the world. I have, um, since we're talking about artificial intelligence, I'm curious, what do you make of the comments of um, Elon Musk a couple of weeks ago when he said he's concerned about AI? Do you pick up on that? And why would he say something like, why would he, a person in his position, be concerned about AI? Like, what is he talking about? He's talking about the AIs could take over if they're if they're. His point is that if we don't put in safeguards into the way AI thinks and the way the way the AI works, there is nothing to stop it because it's going to be so much more smarter than us mm. as human, and it's not necessarily smarter. I mean, you could it's smarter, but it it's capacity to think and run calculations at a rate that me and you are just not capable of doing, right? Yeah, but aren't the humans programming AI? They're, they're, it's called the large language model. I think it's just taking, it goes back to what I said. So the AI is like a baby, right? The way AI is, is learning, it's just vacuuming all this data and information and is uh, correlating it to see how it works, right? Mm -hmm. That data comes from the way we behave with each other, mm -hmm. right? If, if we're constantly bickering and bullying each other on social media or whatever, that's just one example. Then in its infancy, that's what the consciousness of the AI is. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it gets more powerful and it gets more information. Right. Then it can turn on you because it can manipulate you with the way we've been manipulating each other. But it will do it at a far faster mm -hmm. rate mm -hmm. and accuracy and precision than me and you doing it to each other mm -hmm. because it has it has vastly more information more computing power, more data than like right now we like if we start to like start cussing at each other, like bullying each other, right? We're right here just talking. I don't know about you, what you did this morning, last night, who were you talking to, where you've been to, what your routine is, but the AI knows. The AI knows you know, where you've been, what you do, everywhere you go, who you talk to, what you've said for mm -hmm. the for the past 10 years, what you've searched online, what you looked at, who you talk to. It's it, it's not like where you drive. And, and us humans are like kind of predictable. You do the right. same thing every day. You go, you know, I wake up, I take my kids to school and I drive to, to the office. Mm -hmm. We're very predictable. Yeah. But I don't know I don't know your routine, right? So it's hard it's we can when we do these things to each other, it's hard, it's it's much harder for me to try to manipulate you. Because I don't have information is limited. Right? It will take me much longer to like but people like catfish on mm. like thing it takes time and like somebody has to sit there and like talk to you and like try to like plan on, on your emotion. But the, the AI 
has a lot of that information beforehand. They know what triggers you, what you've done, what you like, what you're into, what you browse. And it can automatically come up with like 50 different ways to come out. You and constantly improve it mm -hmm. to see what, what ticks you. So it can manipulate you much faster, but not only you, also me and a whole country, a whole the whole planet. And if somebody is in charge of that or people, then they have they can just uh, manipulate humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And the 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 big part again is going to be our children because they're going to grow up in a world where the AI will manipulate them from when they're much younger mm -hmm. than us. Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's the, you know, we keep going to that. It's a, it's not necessarily about us. Obviously we're going to have effect, be affected by it. I think a lot of financially and, you know, all the changes that are going to happen. The next phase of this is the next generation. And that, um, what, what are the consequences of that for humanity and the human civil? It gets, it gets a little fuzzy. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I know. Can you hear me now, though, still? Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I was going to ask you a question. Hopefully this thing doesn't cut up on us. <laughs> um, so everything you're saying is interesting, but it brings me to a question of kind of... Um, how we've done things up until this point. How does this um, talk of the economy and the downside, the downfall, um, this deep recession, how does this play into the military industrial complex? Is that going to have to make that adjust to something else? Like, wouldn't that um, lower the, the possibility of, of, of more war, all this nuclear war talking stuff? Like, how, how is war going to help if if the economy is already in the tanks, um, I guess at this point, Did that's you, a, that's a, that's the biggest reason why to start a war. Mm, yeah, because that's how you come back. That's how you build your economy back. More money going to military uh, things, more production, more bombing, more people dying. Then you go rebuild it, and mm. you get that money, and you know that trickles down back to you. So this could, that's why they're talking about Taiwan is such a mm -hmm. thing, thing is subject, sensitive subject. It just happens to be China, this, right? It's always Russia and China. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, it's not the first time that this has happened. When you've had, you know, uh, places losing, uh, the central bankers losing control, or a, a a superpower going losing their status there's all it's all always followed by war think about it this way i mean this is i guess it goes in the realm of conspiracy right when when was 9-11 what year 9-11 happened oh one oh you one can, you can make the argument that there was a an attempt to do it before that but oh one right what ha what had happened just before that the Bush election, um, the year before that, the economy. Yeah, they, yep. What do we have? We have the dot com bust. 
The dot com bus, yep. All right. The economy was in a thing. 9-11 happens. You know, all these Saudi Arabian guys from Saudi Arabia, the terrorists, would go to war in Iraq. Right. And Afghanistan. We just went to war. Mm-hmm. Right? Without any question, it's just everyone was on the same that's what it just happened all these adversaries were on the same page right (laughs) and then 2008 happened then we had another where did we go to yemen we started we had another thing it's happened after every recession in order for your economy to recover you just go to war but we're already at war technically right this is yeah this is the isolated but these are all like sort of proxy wars they are in a sense right so with with ukraine everybody is like oh ukraine this you know i'm talking about for example with me what's crazy to me is they're talking about all these jewish people right i'm jewish so i can can talk about right (laughs) so all these jewish people europe american jews i'll call them Oh, Ukraine, the Ukraine, because we, we get a lot of that propaganda too, all the Ukrainian Jews and, you mm-hmm. know, what are they going to do? My first question is, why are you saying as if there are no Jews who live in Russia? Exactly. You know, with all these Jews that were killed during World War II, there is a, there is a, you know, if you, there is a guy on, on Instagram, there's a rabbi, I think he's called the Chabad of Rostov. He has all these things. He's talking about he's in a city in Russia called Rostov where there was a lot of atrocities that happened in that area. There's, there's all these people in their 90s right now that have nobody that used to be, uh, you know, that were affected by the war. So it's, it's a cool thing to follow him on Instagram. And he has all these stories. Very, very inspirational guy. So that's what we, we like, what are you talking about? It's not about Jews. And they're like, oh, Zelensky, because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a Jew. No, they, you know, Bernie Madoff was a Jew, right? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein was a Jew. Uh, fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Harvey Lee Weinstein mm-hmm. was a Jew. Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't. I'm. I'm starting to believe this is not coincidence, man. At this point, I, I'm serious. That's crazy. You. You. Well, you know what's crazy? Lee Weinstein is a Jew, and then it cut off completely. But I, what's more crazy, and please don't take this as a disrespect, is that we're on a podcast that's like point zero 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 people listen to. Right? It's not like Joe Rogan. Right, exactly. All right, we're, we're me and you right now are like a like chicken shit in the world of podcasts, and we're no <laughs> like we're nobody, you know. But shit, man, isn't it? Know. But it, this is this is fucking with my head, dude. Honestly, it is um, because it's it's not happening randomly. It's happening when we're talking about very specific. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I'm like, does Zoom have some like fucking algorithm or something? <laughs> you know, the Zoom Zoom was an interesting fucking thing about how Zoom came about too. What what is I that? My own theory about 
Zoom. I love the conspiratorial Benny man. Just so you know, I'm all, I, I co-sign it, man. I like it. <laughs> and I mean, I've, this is you know, it goes back to whether you know, like whole COVID, right? Zoom became Zoom during COVID, mm-hmm. right? And what's Zoom? Zoom is a Chinese company. It is. Yeah. Oh Zoom my is a god! Chinese company. Dude, that is not that's crazy. <laughs> you can look it up. They're seeing him. Oh, that's why I love talking to people. I don't like looking up stuff. I just love Zoom CEO. To get the information. Zoom CEO, Eric Yuan. Eric S. Yuan is a Chinese American billionaire businessman, engineer, and chief executive officer and founder of Zoom Video Communication, mm-hmm. of which he owns 22%. Uh, first year in University of Technology, so we took the train. But anyways, when, and this is not to say whether China released the virus or America, this is not about, it's about whether China knew there was going to, whether they released it or they knew they were going to be blamed for it or, you know, because in part, these people don't think the way me and you do. They think of like, you know, in like very complicated ways. Zoom went public right before, I think right before. What were you saying before we um, transitioned to this, when we got interrupted by the technology? <laughs> what were you saying about, uh, what was the broader point you were making about the, the U.S. Jews here when it comes to Ukraine? No, I'm just saying we, the pro- the problem is that we, we also get propagandized by our own people sometimes mm-hmm. or by people to support a certain thing and a lot of times it just goes back to the holocaust and nazis like just how like the word nazi became such a like meaningless thing because everything no matter what you you were just a nazi if you were a Actually, MAGA hat, you were a nazi, nazi. if you're it like it it, it it's offensive to me as a Jew, and I'm a I'm a Middle Eastern Jew, and I none of my family, Middle Eastern Jews were not affected by the Holocaust, right? Uh, but we have that in common as Jews. European Jews are the ones that were affected by, by the Holocaust, and to to cheapen the word Nazi. Mm-hmm. And what it means, and the the idea of Holocaust, to some stupid reaction or an action of somebody who said something to call him a Hitler or a Nazi. That's to ridiculous. me, it's just it's just, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it it just it's a dis it's a disgrace, and it's for all the people who lost their lives and who 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 uh, suffered. You know, and how they killed and their families. It, that that you know, because of it, it it's just to me is it's, it's just a terrible thing. It's weaponizing something. Um, yeah. Completely weaponizing uh, something. Right. Taking out. So, uh, when it came to like Kanye, Kanye is not a Nazi. Kanye oh, is, God. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Is is, is he? I, I think he has a trouble communicating. You know, when he said the Jews, okay, maybe the people he's dealing with, a lot of people in Hollywood who are 
who are Jews that are big executives, but it's not a representation of all Jews. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, and that, that's part of our problems. The same thing you say, oh, all black people are gangsters, for example, or right. all, all Arabs or Muslims are terrorists, or it, it, it's just, it's stupid. And by the way, I think, I think uh, Kanye is also a very smart guy. I don't know if you caught this with, he had when he did his Twitter when when Nike was it Nike or Adidas canceled it was Adidas. We talked about this yeah. in the episode. They canceled his contract. I think, I think Kanye set that up himself. Interesting. Because he came up in a video, and he said after all this stuff happened, he said, "You've never seen anyone." get out of a billion dollar contract off of one tweet. That's very true. He's been wanting to get out of those contracts. Both with, and he's been talking about it with Gap and Adidas because they were just trying to use his name. And he's got done he anyway. to be he's involved. Already got, he's already got stuff going. Right. All right. So... And he couldn't just say, fuck you guys, I'm going to go do my own thing. He had to get out of the contract. So, and what, I brought better this way, what better way to, to do something like that? I mean, either it could be a combination of both. He knew what, he knew what to do in order to get out of those contracts because he knew a whole complex was going to be coming after him. And they're gonna force those people to drop him, mm. right? That's how, like, what I said when Chinese, with these people, like states, think about maneuvering things, right? That could be a Kanye move in that, in that way. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, it does. It does. Okay. Um, I, you know, the whole history. I was making my audience aware of the history of Adidas and how it was founded. They were Nazis. I know. And people, people were sending me messages and saying, "Oh, guys, like question mark." I was like, "Just look it up." Yeah. Like, what are you talking? I think that's the irony of it. <laughs> yeah. Weren't they like making like the military uniform or something for the Nazis? They were. Was, they, know, they were hardcore deep in the Nazi party. The Dazzler. But party. I know there wasn't like another company that used to make uniforms or yes. even the Pfizer, the parent company of Pfizer. They used to make the the gas that would that went into the gas chambers. Oh god! And Deutsche Bank has ties. Ig Farben, Ig Farben, I think. Yeah, the same company that owns Monsanto right now, I think. Mm-mm-mm. This stuff is so connected. And then people talk about uh, the deep state. I mean, hell, we're describing it, man. Do you still do you still listen to George Webb? You know what? I've been having a hard time finding him. Um, to uh, be a rumble person. and Twitter. Every time I follow, every time I click on a video, it's like you can rarely find anything. I might have to go to Rumble because if you go to YouTube, yeah, it's not on YouTube. It's Rumble oh, and Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. So tell me, is, is he allowed to have a Twitter? Yeah, yes, Twitter. So um, tell the audience who this George Webb person is. He's an investigative journalist. He's an investigative, independent investigative journalist that has been spot on. Mm-hmm. on most of this stuff that we're hearing today that he was talking about it right at the beginning of 
for even before COVID for years since like 2016 has been on the trail mm -hmm. and a lot of the predictions of things he, he said came true and now he's like after Bob, uh, what's his name, Bob Malone Oh, Robert Malone, he's at Robert the Robert Malone, yeah, because Robert Malone is part of, is not who you think he is and is like exposing that Oh, I don't even, um, I think people get so, I'm sorry, man. I hate to say this to my conservative friends, but y'all are some gullible motherfuckers, man. I'm sorry. Like, y'all talk about yeah. liberals and stuff. Like, y'all are pretty much the same to we, me. We, we all are. We're, we're just projecting. It's just, I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like, the same, it's like, they get so, like, emotional about, like, stupid shit. And, um... I'm just saying, where did this Malone guy come out? He just came out of the woodworks. The same I don't. Know. I don't really. Yeah, I mean, that's one. Of, that's one of the signs. Like when all of a sudden somebody comes out of nowhere and they <laughs> become the face, you got to start questioning. That's what I've learned. But I don't know. I haven't honestly. I've been very busy with just work lately and like my own, like other stuff. I've what sort of. What was George Webb talking about? What was he speaking about as, re, with regards to Malone? What was he saying? Uh, I think about how he did, like, part of the reason why, um, uh, what's that thing that they were giving for COVID? Um, not ivermectin, the remdesivir. The remdesivir. Part of the reason why remdesivir was approved was because Bob Malone, or Robert Malone, the test that he did, he tested it on something like, instead of approving or talking about ivermectin, he ignored all that. And he was like testing Pepsid AC or something. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't, you have to go look at it. I don't know exactly. I'll go check it out. Something along that line. Uh, and his connection to uh, the CIA and the DTRA. Really? Yeah. And his companies and his vaccines and things like that so i noticed that a lot of these youtubers that it, and like i said i'm not going to drop any more names because people can probably read between the lines but these so-called independent youtubers it's like they always try to get the flash in the pan guests on their shows and it's like you don't even see them around like a year or two from now and you won't even see these people anymore like I don't know if they're going to be dead or just whatever. They just fall out of popularity or whatever. But I just think it's interesting how all of a sudden these people pop up. They become stars yeah. of the moment. They say Fauci became like the devil, which, I mean, he he's not a good person, in my opinion. But then you have this savior and, that comes yeah, up. And now yeah, and then now they're like they're throwing him under the bus. Exactly. Fauci, <laughs> Fauci they're not, now they're talking about him now. He's like lied. He was a, he was a fall guy. Mm -hmm. You know, you could say he 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 wasn't a good guy, but at the same time, he was a fall guy, right? And Trump was aware of this, right? Because he kept him in. I don't know. I but don't, I, say, I, wasn't I he under Trump's government? Like Trump could have fired him, right? Yeah, but Trump also you got to realize it's not that simple. You got to you got to play the game. Like there is a, there is a, there is it's not just oh let's just fire him because then what are the consequences of that? for you know people's opinions and how it can be taken out of context and who else is influencing trump and you know there's a there's a lot of things that we don't that we don't see
So you're right. About Robert that. Kennedy is also a good person. He talks about a lot of that, like how Trump was gonna uh, put him in charge of the vaccine safety commission or something. Mm-hmm. And he was he went to Fauci and he would like ask some questions, but then. You know, a week later, Pfizer threw like a million dollar fundraising for Trump lit on him becoming the vaccine safety commission or something. Mm. So, okay, we got about 15 minutes left uh-huh. because I got to go get my kids, but I wanted to. Um, that was a perfect transition. I, I didn't know your views about RFK and stuff. Like, I followed him some through this whole episode. Uh-huh. And honestly, like I said, I started to get at a point where the COVID narratives became just too much, even for me. Like I said, I was always a person, like I'm all about body autonomy. But at some point it's like, isn't this been talked about almost too much now? It's almost becoming like a porn. It's like, that's all I heard people talking about at one point was just um, the pharmaceutical companies. And I'm like, how much more are we going to talk about this? Like, it's like, okay, so what are we going to do? You know, and... The the people who are always against the pharmaceutical companies and against the government and how these companies are bad and have too much thing. They're the ones lining up, first one taking the vaccine, (laughs) you know? Like the yoga instructor instructor who's into like, you know, health and fitness and all natural is, you know, you're a Nazi if you don't take a vaccine. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, but but what are your views of, um about this upcoming like cycle? I mean, you know, where I stand on this stuff, whatever. I don't even platform people who are running for public office who identify as a DNR. I don't even pay attention to them. But I think it's interesting that Kennedy is running under the D label. I mean, I know he has the family ties and everything. But what's your view as far as that is concerned? Is he even going to get any traction? Um. I say probably not because they're going to derail him like they did, you know, people in the past. With, with Bernie, like how they derailed Bernie twice. But but I think, honestly, I think Bernie's like an idiot like now. And no, I understand, but, but look, it doesn't matter whether he's an idiot or not. It's, it's whether they did him wrong. They or, did. You know, they, and it was so obvious, mm-hmm. right? They just say, hey. It just it was like so obvious to to people and everybody. It's like they they used him, and then when they saw he was he was the favorite, they came up with some excuse to make Hillary the thing. You know, but at some point, does he play a part in this scheme? That's that's the the part where I'm kind of um. I don't know. Maybe, but I I don't know. Maybe it's like they screw you one time, and you see, but it's like for you to just keep going back to the same playbook. That's what kind of makes me just. He could, he could be manipulated. We're all we're all can be manipulated, you know. That's true. So I don't know. I I really don't have. I don't know enough. I don't know. But as far as what I think about the upcoming saga, it's going to be a shit show. The <laughs> one word for it is a shit show. But as far as Rob uh, Robert Kennedy running. I was actually thinking about that today. Why is he running as, as a Democrat? It makes mm-hmm. it, it depends on how you look at it. I don't have a, I, I have like multiple, I don't want to call it theories or ideas. You know, if it's something to wake up the Democrats to see how they're going to treat him, 
because there's also a lot of Democrats who, with the whole vaccine thing, now that, you know, we know it's not everything they told us. Mm -hmm. There were side effects. It's one thing to see how they're going to handle it. Uh, it could split the, the Democratic Party. But also because there is who 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 are the Democrats are are gonna run for president? Biden? Who even mm -hmm. even the Democrats are like who the like no thanks. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're the, the the most diehard Democrat, they were like by no thanks. Like the dude is just falling apart. He's like you know. <laughs> this motherfucker, didn't he like land in fucking England and he didn't even <laughs> yeah, he like pushed him away. Like he pushed the guy. Yeah, he didn't recognize. Him. Like what the fuck? I don't dude? know whether like, he didn't recognize him. It could be, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is how I, I look at it. I kind of try to break it down. All right. So you have Robert Kennedy. Who 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 can run against Robert Kennedy in the Democratic Party? Or let's okay. There we have one candidate, Robert Kennedy. Joe Biden, he said he's gonna run. Fine, he's he's, he's got no fucking chance unless Marianne Williamson, like, no chance at all. Who? Marianne Williamson, no chance at all. Who is that? She's this billionaire. Um, I don't know much. I don't follow her much, but um, she's trying to paint herself as being um a progressive Democrat. Okay, well, she's she's not gonna win because nobody knows her, right? It's gonna be right. somebody. Usually, it's like people that that you know. Uh, especially now because it's it's all a show. It's about it's a popular, you know. So Robert Kennedy, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton again. That's about Bernie running again. Like why the hell is he? But it's too old. These people are too. I don't think people are, people have realized that these guys are too old. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna run Joe Biden, but he's gonna no chance unless you know. Oh, they're gonna steal it. Like there's no way that Joe Biden will win again. If he does, it's the, the the there is a hundred percent chance that the election was stolen. There's no other fucking way. And and on, and you like can I argue said, I 2020, my... right? There is no way you can argue yourself out of Joe Biden winning the 2024 fucking election. There is no way. If mm -hmm. he wins, there there the has to be 100 percent fraud. There's no, no ifs and buts. I there's no, no I don't care. No doubt, even in 2020 when he won, that he he won way less counties even than Obama in his okay, reelection. At least, at least, at the least, whether true or false, they had some arguments, right? They had mm -hmm. they had a counter argument. That they, they had all these things. They, they had they could they can manipulate you out of it if they want to. In 2024, there is no way out of it if he wins. There is no way out of that shit. Do you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I'm listening. Man. There's no, there's there's just no fucking way. There is no <laughs> way. So he's gonna run, but that's a we that's a no. Who are they gonna Hillary Clinton? Oh God, not a good, not a winner. What are they gonna? They gotta run Clinton against Trump and DeSantis or DeSantis. <laughs> Right, no way. Mm -hmm. Who else is left that we would know of? I mean, they're talking. I mean, what Kamala? Kamala, yeah. But he Buddha that fucking hyena is is 
she she can't she's uh she's uh you know you could you could make an argument for biden that he's old and he's senile and that's why he can't form sentences it's just she's fucking old. as fuck i'm sorry she is she is just fucking retarded <laughs> incompetent and retarded like at least biden has an excuse he's <laughs> old you know you could blame it on dementia She's just—I <laughs> don't even know how she got to where she is right now. But oh, I mean, cherry pick okay. man. This, okay, this Kamala. What are they? What are they gonna do with Kamala? They're gonna run, run around, talk about how she's African, half half African American, and a woman of color. They're gonna she's not even that. that which is funny. All right. Uh, who else? I don't know, man. Hey, I—I I, I got my popcorn. And um, I'm all about building like independence, third parties. They may not win, but I'm all about that. They're not gonna. Like they're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna let a third party happen. They're just not. I, I know that. I'm just talking about as far as just planting the seeds in people's minds, one person at a time. Um, right. It, it's about we have to have accountability on the system because otherwise, that I mean, I'd argue that there is no system to, anyway because. They're doing what they want to do anyway. It doesn't right. matter who's in. But but, but let's think some of, kind of a mindset change. All right, but let's let's talk. Let's let's walk this through. I don't know how much time we have. I know you're probably late. Let's, it's... Yeah, about ten minutes. Okay, so let let's walk that tree. So okay, fine. Um, what are what are the other options? John Kerry is oh, an God. option. Pete Buttigieg. Um, who else? A person of color, probably they're gonna, you know. I think it's odd that we're even talking about the incumbent party. Like, don't you find that odd in itself? Because they don't have. Because I can't think of one. I'm just saying, shouldn't the pressure be on the other side, the quote unquote the other side? Uh, why are the Democrats? Well, so we're gonna have. We're gonna, well, that's what I'm saying. We're, I have different ideas of what this could be. Okay. Okay. So one right now the the, the Democrats they have nobody, right? So it makes sense why JFK or uh, RFK is running as on a Democratic Party because he also can get support. He's not going to run against Trump, right? Do you think that that's on purpose? So I think part of it, if if there is some sort of uh, mm. plan. Right, they're like to try to throw the ball towards Trump or to help Trump. One, because there's going to be between Trump and DeSantis. Because I don't think I couldn't think of anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because I can see uh, Trump, DeSantis, probably Yonkin, uh, Jeb Bush. Bush is they're, they're done. They're not going to run. That's why DeSantis is there is for them. That's interesting. Um... And, so, and, so, see, you're thinking like I am. Um, I I honestly thought that Trump was going to consider running as a Democrat. And I know people think that that's crazy, but I thought that that was like a wild card type of situation. But I, I feel like RFK, obviously, he's there for a reason. And it sounds like yeah. it's a calculated move. Well, yeah, it could be there because anybody else that they bring, right? Mm-hmm. He could be there to split the Democratic Party and the Democratic vote. All uh, right. Uh -huh. Because if I can win, the only way to increase my chances 
is to take away to split your party right so that they're not gonna like if we divide them then the rfk people aren't gonna vote for the biden people and and they're gonna split the party so there is most likely that they're gonna go vote for desantis so you think that let's just say that biden wins the primary and runs again which i don't know what's going to happen with that so you're saying that the rfk people after the primary ends and he doesn't win you think that they're going to back desantis or trump i think more desantis than trump because i see a lot from of the, from the from the democratic party because the, these the democrats they're not going to vote for trump really because i see a lot of love I see a lot of Trumpers giving love to the RFK people. You don't see that, that you don't see that being reciprocity. Well, that, again, that could be another thing because it's to split that. But a lot of the first thing is getting the votes out of the Democrats into Republicans, right? Mm -hmm. And then there could be another separate war going between DeSantis and Trump. Because DeSantis also, I don't know, a lot of people think DeSantis is the saint because he's right now he's done all the right things. I think he's but a punk. He's been he's been sort of kind of like the way I don't want to compare him to Zelensky because he's no they're different things. But Zelensky was like an actor who played a president in a in a film or a thing that was you know, very big in Ukraine, and then he ran for president. They're sort of like prepped him, you know, into the national consciousness, mm -hmm. like kind of to program people to accept him. I think DeSantis, they've also kind of been priming him. That's like your Paul Ryan, Colorado, Bush mm -hmm. type people presenting thing as a way, because they don't want Trump to win. Those guys don't want Trump to win because Trump is is, is a lot of problem for them. Has DeSantis actually declared? Uh, no. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm still. I'm still. But, he's, but again, it's it's the anticip. They're trying to build up, right? So they everyone's just constantly. This is a game that they got the they they have to keep playing. They can't do it too early. It has to come like I remember the way Obama, and I remember this very clearly. The first time I heard of Obama, and the way that he created buzz. Do you remember how it was? Dude, was, fucking, was fucking bananas, dude. No, but do you, the first time I heard of Obama, the people said he's gonna run for president, but he came out and he didn't run. For, I don't think he ran for president. No, he came out of almost nowhere. Right, but the way it happened, the buzz, I, the way, at least the way I remember, and it was like a big thing. He was on, like, on the news and he was wearing a hat and people were talking about, you know, he could be running for president. And he came out and he said, uh, uh, who, what's the football team for Chicago? The, the NFL Bears. team? The Bears, right? He came out and he said, he came out as if he was going to announce that he was he was going to run for president. So he said the whole, set it up 
So that is if he's announcing his presidency, but then it says, I'm here to support the Bears mm. on the news. And that created uh, the... It went viral. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, it like sort of started. So with DeSantis or somebody else, it, you could see something like that. And or you could see that things will get so bad that there will be no election. Or they're talking about how, oh, do you know who else it could run? Uh, fucking our fucking governor. Uh, Stupid ass Newsom? Newsom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Newsom, they're gonna, he's, he's, they're gonna, he's gonna run. They're probably gonna run. Yeah, Newsom, I forgot about him. Uh, Nikki Haley's gonna run on the Republican side. Uh, no chance. That's a joke. I mean, yeah, no chance at all. But yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I believe this is Trump's to lose on the Republican side. I mean, the sentence hasn't even declared yet, man. Yeah, but it's too early. You know, you don't know the things that could happen to just the country could just turn. Uh, we don't know what could happen. You could have another terrorist attack. You could have another nine. Like you don't know mm -hmm. what. I'm not saying it's going to be a terrorist attack, but something to just completely out of left field. But it's really not going to be out of left field because yeah, it's 2020 just like another fucking show again it could be you know talking about marburg out of out of africa that's on the rise mm. uh, there could be no election there could be oh gosh <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for all the black lives matter uh thing to start up again that's not gonna yeah, happen where, where is black lives matter it's not gonna happen again you don't think so no not no um too many people um, figured it out, the, the scam. Um, I think, like you said, we haven't mentioned Soros yet at all, um, right. way, how he plays into all this. But um, there's definitely going to be some shenanigans. And um, it's anyone's guess what's going to happen leading up to 2024. Like you said, there's still a lot of time, technically. But I yeah. feel like at the same time, I feel like we're at a precipice right now. Like he, yeah. the summer's going to have to give. Like if no one's declared after the summer, I just don't think there's going to be any more. Well, Trump already said he's running. I know that's what I'm saying. All right there, it. I don't. It. I just. I don't. I think. I don't think it's going to be a one, and we're not going to have any sort of a normal election like what we think of as election. That's one. It wasn't normal last time. <laughs> no, but this is on. It's going to be on a whole different level. Oh shit! This is going to be. Let me get my popcorn. I think, on, I, I think it's going to be on a whole different level, and and you don't know what could happen in between now and then regarding war, economy. You know, is is is. Uh, uh, Biden even going to make it to the end of his term. All right, exactly. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Could someone get assassinated? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, they've already started. They could Kennedy Trump. Nobody they, knows. They already talked about... What about RFK's daughter has CIA ties or something? People, I've, I've been seeing people talking about that. 
I don't know. And apparently she has a lot of pull in his campaign. And so I don't know what's going on exactly. Um, that could also be misinformation. You don't know until you go and actually look. I've, I've learned, like, if, if people are going to talk about it, show me documents, tell me where you found it, mm -hmm. so I can go look at it. You know, I'm not, I don't take anybody's word. That's, that's, right. no. That's great advice, man. Uh, it, it really is. I just, this is, this is sort of a gossipy, the last yeah. 10, 15 minutes has been, but I like it though, it's speculative. People, everyone's thinking about it. I mean, people are, it's definitely been talked about, and, um, it's it's probably the biggest unknown I've seen in um this political back and forth four year cycle, you know, in my lifetime anyway. It's definitely but, a big unknown. But if if we're talking about if there are you're talking about elites and people who control this country or the world and if they want things to go a certain way, I think I think they're because they they work together. It's not a Republican or a Democrat, it's just these people sitting on top pulling strings is they're they're gonna push the country to where DeSantis is gonna be the winner of the election. But if Trump sort of derails that for them, then I think that we it should be some crazy shit. <laughs> well, uh, he's definitely a part of the, the the equation. He's he's a card in the deck. That's for damn sure because um, his name's been coming up so much. I mean, they're obsessed with him. I mean, his enemies are obsessed with him. I mean, they can't keep his name out of their mouth. And um, yeah, but you we the, but if there is this elite or whatever, again, we're talking conspiracy. It's it's about the in order for them to keep control of the country without it falling apart, they're not they're definitely not letting Biden or anybody on the left win, unless there is some internal war between two people up there that are competing with each other. But if they're working together. DeSantis is going to be the winner of the next presidential election if they have it their way. Mm. That's why you don't see anybody on the. They're gonna talk about all these people. You know, they're gonna have people have to run, but the candidates are gonna be so weak that people are gonna be like, "Fuck this!" At least DeSantis, he's gonna go on and say, "I we kept schools open, no mandates," mm -hmm. uh, you know we kept your kids safe because not every Democrat, like, you know, transgender, like they made it so bitter on the left that a lot of Democrats are like, what the fuck is this? Oh man, don't I, call them the left, man. They do or, fuck those people. They're not leftists, man. But whatever. The, <laughs> whoever, we call them the left far. I know you said. They don't have a name. We've, we've come to associate them with the left, right? Uh, that they're going to put, because those people are going to, they don't want to vote for, they're not going to vote for Trump, but DeSantis is going to be the the guy. Mm. Right? These things take years to develop and massage your brain to to behave a certain way. So if they're going to do it, I think DeSantis is going to be the, the, the favorite. 
But Trump has definitely got his his thing because he can come out and throw a, you know, as a last thing, just come out and let it all, you know, sort of let it all out. Mm-hmm. Right? Going, he's only got one shot. It's like a Hail Mary and just exactly just let it rip, you know. Well, so um, anyways, you got to go pick up your kid. I, this is a fun conversation. It was fun, man. I can't wait to listen and play it back, even though on Zoom is like surveilling our conversation uh, and cutting us and out. By the way, Zoom went public on April 18th, 2019. Oh, right before, wow. like this, uh, like six, seven months before uh, COVID. That's just crazy as hell, man. And if you know that and you know people are going to be locked up, and they're going to be going on Zoom to be able to communicate. Then, what better way to 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 steal state secrets from these companies? Because they don't care; they they need to communicate. Unsecure, mm-hmm. and a lot of this data was routing through China. Mm-hmm. All this, what we do, it passes through uh, servers in China for Zoom. Oh. Mm-hmm. Beautiful people. I think we're going to have to go because um, this, they won't let us talk. This is ridiculous. Like, this, there's no way that this is just merely coincidental. I, I believe there's something to it. Um, just very key moments and key words that you say, and then it just drops off. And, I can, it, and it freezes, and my screen kind of like it almost like takes a picture before it does it. Like, there's some kind of a weird thing with the screen oh, right that's a good way to say, yeah i don't know what the hell is going on but anyway there must be something going on it's exciting it adds excitement to the conversation but- i'm surprised they didn't censor us when we're talking about the election so maybe there is a surprise that you know they just say hey let them talk because it's <laughs> going to be something that we can think of now now i'm going to be waiting for that and maybe that'll be a conversation for another time yes i can't wait for our next conversation um Benny, I'm going to link your papana.com website into the episode description. I want to say thank or, you again. Or you can go on Amazon. I think Amazon would be a better way. Go to Amazon? Okay, I'll do yeah, that. Amazon, and type in Papana. Okay. I'll tell. I'll put that in the description, but um, I wish we could talk longer, but beautiful people have to go somewhere. But this was a wonderful episode 44 with Ben Setagatfar. A good friend of mine, we went, we grew up together, went to high school together. And um, I just want to say have a great day. Tomorrow we have Jasmine Sherman uh, joining the forum to discuss their presidential candidacy uh, for, for um, 2024. And we're going to learn about some of the views um, coming from Sherman's campaign. But beautiful people, have a great day. And we will talk soon. Enjoy and take care of yourselves. Cheers. All right, guys. Bye-bye.